hey, these three main bad guy characters that are kind of goofy that we've been following around the whole movie, yeah, they definitely were penetrated by Satan <laughs> at some point. Hello and welcome to Dial-Up Movies, the podcast devoted to preserving the memory of your favorite films from the 90s. Whether good or bad, we're going to see how those films hold up. On today's show, we'll be discussing 1993's Hocus Pocus, directed by Kenny Ortega and starring Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimini. My name is Lou, and joining me, and just him, my good friend Tim. <laughs> hey everyone. Are you sure this movie was directed by anyone? Because it doesn't really seem like it. Uh, well, did you look up this director at all? No, I didn't okay. look up Kenny when you When I tell you the other things he's directed, you'll... It'll make sense. Uh, right. Sort I mean, sort of. Let's go through Kenny, uh, old Kenny's history right now. What so else has he done? He's directed, like, 17 things. Okay. Uh, most of which are, like, television episodes, standalone shows. The only thing of note that he directed was Newsies, which he directed right before this. Really? And uh, after that, he did uh, the high school musical movies. But I think only the sequels. Hmm. <laughs> all right. Um, kind of, yeah, I guess it all kind of makes sense now. Also in IMDb, I saw that he is... Re- I don't know if it's a straight-up remake, but he's making a movie called Dirty Dancing, set mm-hmm. in, like, Brazil, uh-huh. where it's, like, you know, two... Uh, like, a, a man and a woman who wouldn't normally be together da- learn to dance together kind of a thing. So, so like, it's literally Dirty I Dancing. I think it's a remake of Dirty okay. Dancing, um, but it didn't actually say it on IMDb. It just said, like... You know, it just seems it's like it's gotta be. You can't yeah, use I mean, the title without paying somebody. That's true. And you can't use the same plot without paying somebody. <laughs> um so yeah, uh we are gonna be covering Hocus Pocus. Um as we said last time, we're gonna be kind of doing a couple shows about Halloween movies, and since last time we did the Blair Witch Project, which was uh a bit more serious. A uh, bit. A bit, <laughs> a bit more serious than Hocus Pocus. Um, just slightly. Slightly, a little bit scarier. Um and this time we kind of lighten it up with like a kids movie mm-hmm. from our childhood at sure. least. Um, and uh, we couldn't, we normally have guests or, uh, you know, another co-host, but we didn't, we couldn't find anybody this time. So we're just going to roll through this together. We talked to a lot of people that we know and no one wanted to talk about Hocus Pocus, which is weird. I would think that, I mean, whenever I bring this movie up in like a normal conversation with people our age, it generally gets like a positive, like, oh yeah, I remember that. That It's like a fond memory for a lot of people, myself included. I, I liked this movie when I was younger. Same. Um, it, I mean, it's dumb as fuck, but it's entertaining. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you have to remember, and we were just talking about this before we started recording, that we have covered several children's movies, kids' movies on the show, and you can watch kids movies from your childhood with a with some dose of nostalgia but it's really hard to analyze these and to watch them as an adult just thinking about you to enjoy them after you do that um so you know (laughs) spoilers included uh you know we both struggled a little bit with this but um i i really i'll say this right up front though the only scenes i actually struggled to get through were anything with thora birch in them 
uh, Thora Birch played. You struggled with the, her because she was such a bad actress and so annoying really? as the little kid. Absolutely. Um, I don't think I found her that Dude, annoying. Her high pitched squeals. Okay. Every well, ten seconds, like real, like I'm partially deaf. I'm just gonna say that. I don't know if I've ever done that on the show. I'm partially deaf, and the only thing I can hear out of my left ear is really high pitched noises, and it hurts like a motherfucker when I do. So oh. every single time she screeched, it was like getting punched in the eardrum. And I yeah. was not happy with that. I could, I didn't know that specific thing about your the hearing. Yeah, but that's uh, yeah. Then this would be terrible for you because goddamn oh, yeah. her like, so, that first so, oh like, my mom god, fuck that. Ah, uh, god, I had to, I had to legitimately turn down my speakers after that Ugh. because I was like, fuck. Yeah, and that was a good. I don't know, fifteen minutes in, ten minutes in. Yeah. Um, so, is I, there any trivia that we should know about this movie other than Kenny Ortega is a bad director who, I I, I just I I wonder. By the way, um, this is our first Disney movie, isn't it? I Did we do any other Disney movies? I think so. I mean, I think that... <laughs> to be honest, I don't remember. I think, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure From Dusk Till Dawn was a Walt Disney picture. <laughs> it's the only thing that's close. Um, let's see. Have we done... I don't think we did. I don't think... Because Space Jam wasn't. No. That's Warner uh, Brothers. No, no. I don't think we have. I don't so, think yeah, we have so, either. Yeah, this is our first Disney movie. This is our first Disney movie. And so I wonder if, like, since Newsies got, like, a generally good rap, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I've seen it often, I'm sorry, uh, recently enough to have any kind of say about whether or not that was a good movie. Um, but I, re- I think it was generally pretty well liked. So I'm wondering if Kenny Ortega was like coming off of Newsies and they were like, oh, let's get this hot new director on our new franchise, Hocus Pocus. And it was such a piece of shit that it uh, never took off. So here's the one piece of trivia. There, there's, like, there's like three or four things that I got that, that are interesting. And, and this kind of directly relates to that. This was originally pitched as an idea to Disney as a made for TV movie. So okay. like straight Disney Channel kind of movie. And it felt like that. It does. A lot of yeah. the movie feels like a slightly higher production value made for TV movie. Absolutely. And I think that's because it was. Mm-hmm. Um, once they they pitched it um, and they were going to make it, uh, a few of the higher up Disney execs were like, no, 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 we can do this better mm-hmm. and pump more money into it and actually have a theatrical release. Um, and then I think I didn't see anything of no other than like, uh, you know how they always say, like, oh, th- this person wasn't the first choice of actor. Yeah. Um, I think they pretty definitely wanted uh, Bette Midler for the role of Winifred. Yeah. So it made Who, it... I got to admit, fucking kills it. Yeah. I have to admit, <laughs> she goes all fucking into this stupid she... ass witch role and she rules. It's awesome. And has said on numerous occasions, uh, as most recently as 2008, that this was one of her favorite roles ever. Like the most wow. fun she's ever had acting in a film was you know this. I, I can see that though, because she's chewing the scenery and she's just fucking, she looks like she's happy the entire time. Yeah, she gets to sing. She gets yep. to be this weird, like, almost German accent. I don't know what she's yeah, doing. Like, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know if it's a result of the fake teeth in her mouth, like that her accent is weird. Uh, she gets to be a complete bitch to her, the other Sanford sisters. Uh, Sanderson sisters, rather. Not San- I was thinking <laughs> Sanford and Son. <laughs> uh, yeah, not Not, the not same. even remotely the same thing. Um, a slight tangent. Have you ever seen, I don't know if we ever talked about it, you and I, uh, The First Wives Club? No, I have not seen it. Okay. That. I love that movie. It's the it's the one like movie that I love dearly that is definitely not made for somebody like me. It's mm-hmm. made for like middle aged. It's made for like my mom. Sure, made for like middle aged women. Uh, 
and it's like a romantic comedy uh, about women in their like 40s or 50s that get left for younger women. Mm. And in that movie, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker plays the younger woman to Bette Midler's character. Oh, really? Her, How interesting. I can't think of the actor's name. The guy who plays the lawyer in Adam's Family. Oh, God. What is his name? I can't think. You know what I'm talking about. Though. I always just think of him as Mr. Tully from the Adam's <laughs> Well, he... Dirty pool, old man. He plays... Never the, again. He plays the the ex-husband slash okay. boyfriend. Um, so they butt heads <laughs> in that film. Why would Sarah Jessica... I don't think either Bette Midler nor Sarah Jessica Parker are particularly attractive women, but uh-huh. holy shit, are they too attractive to be banging Louis Tully. Um, anyway. Wait, Louis Tully? Isn't no, that... No, Louis Tully's uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. I, think. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if we ever get... Tully's first name from Adam's family. So I always just call him Lewis Tully in my head. Um, but anyway, just other few other things to add in there. Um, uh, the role of Max was originally offered to Leonardo DiCaprio, which I... would have changed this movie a lot. Sure, because he would have actually brought something to it. Uh, but he did He did uh, Gilbert Grape instead. Oh, really? So he did a movie <laughs> that boosted his career. Did he get an Oscar or did he just nominate? I think he got nominated. Okay, I, I know he was he nominated won. at least. Okay. No, because Leo didn't get an Oscar until The Revenant. Oh, right, right. That was yeah. the big thing. That was thing. the big thing. Uh, Even though right. he deserved one a million times over. Yeah, probably like 10 other films. Sure. Um, other than that, Rotten Tomatoes has this as, and this kind of goes towards our uh, earlier conversation, 30% average from critics, 71% from audience. Mm-hmm. So critics, you know, being film critics, saying this is not a good movie. Sure. But people love it. They grew up with it. And it also- Well, and Rotten Tomatoes didn't exist you know, in 1993 when mm-hmm. this movie came out. So, yeah, any critic, crit- critical reviews you can find are going to be like, hey, this is kind of a crappy movie. And everyone who, all the users leaving reviews are people our age who are like, you can't fucking say that about Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. They, it, the other thing it did say was that, you know, it did well on release, even though it was released in like the middle of the summer instead of Halloween time. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Right, exactly. But um, either way. It did well. It uh, made like $40 million or something like that in theaters. Well, okay. I wonder what the budget was. I think it was like 25 or something okay. along those lines. But either way- 24 it, of which went to Bet Midway. <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> it did uh, get a huge cult kind of following uh, on like the Disney Channel and with VHS tapes. Sure. Because- we um, have, I think uh, my family had the Hocus Pocus VHS. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I know we did. Um, other than that, I don't think there's anything else really to talk about. Um. Oh, actually, there's something that's kind of cool. I'm just going to read verbatim from uh, IMDb because it's kind of interesting. In this film, Sarah Jessica Parker plays a witch who was executed during the Salem witch trials, blah, 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 blah. Um, During while researching her family during the show, Who Do You Think You Are? She was shocked to discover that her 10th great grandmother, Esther Elwell, was arrested in Salem in the late 1600s for committing sundry acts of witchcraft and choking a neighbor to death. Esther's case never went to court. She escaped with her life, and the accusation ended the Salem witch trials. Parker said, I, "It has changed everything about who I thought I was." Wow! So that's pretty. Interesting. She's a witch. Yeah, I am. Hmm. I mean, I could talk about witches for an hour if you'd like. I could do that instead. I, and like I said, whenever <laughs> we talk about a kids' movie, the plot is really hard to get through, other than just going beat by beat by beat. And I know we do that a lot on the show, but I think we're going to skip a lot and rather just talk about real witchcraft because. Okay, so this opening opening scene is we're in 1693. Uh, Thackeray Banks wakes up uh, and finds that his sister is no longer next to him. Emily, <laughs> Emily, and he you know, he tries to find her. He sees like that there is smoke coming out of the woods, and it is known by him and his friend or neighbor or whatever that there are the sisters that live in the woods, and he has to go get his sister. He runs out to their cottage, mm-hmm. and. 
he looks through the window and he finds that uh, the three Sanders Sanderson. <laughs> Sanderson. Uh, the three Sanderson sisters are going to essentially cast a spell, brew a potion, and suck the life force out of Emily to give to them get, everlasting life. Yeah, well, make them young again. Sure. I and believe, then I guess as part of that case, also... Right? I think the first step is to make them young, and then they say they're oh, going right, to suck yeah, out okay. the life of all the children in Salem And to, that would give them everlasting yes. life. So that's why they're kind of... They look kind of beat up in this scene, and then when the spell is successful, they get young again. Yeah, like within... Two minutes of them being introduced, you you go from like you know rotted out teeth and, and mm-hmm. crazy hair to the look that they have for the entire film. Yeah. So as far as like witches, I mean, you probably know a hell of a lot more about the Salem witch trials <laughs> than I do. I mean, I think everyone has a good idea of sure. what happened, but like any, do you have anything to throw in that might? No, I mean honestly, um, at this point in the movie, there's nothing folklorically that I think is incorrect about this. Um, the time period is mostly right because uh, it puts it this would this is 300 years before the movie is released so that makes it 1693 yeah which puts it at about the right time for there to be accusations of witchcraft um in in an, in or around Salem I believe um which is traveling in threes is you know like a known folkloric thing going all the way back to Shakespeare's Macbeth you know the weird sisters there um so yeah, I, oh, and they ha- they always have like a master uh, that comes up later in the movie <laughs> in a really dumb fucking scene that makes me laugh anyway. But uh, no, I mean, there's nothing um, particularly wrong with it yet. All right, there's so a couple. There's a couple of things that get weird. Like in way, this first way scene? Late, no, like oh, way later. later on. Sure, sure. After they're re 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 alive again with the black flame candle. Are you talking about like with like like crossing different folklores of like what witches are capable of? Is that to a degree? Uh, there's a scene um, where. The cat version of Thackeray Banks, and I'm getting we're getting way ahead right now. Well, there's a scene where the cat version of Thackeray Banks is helping Max, girl, and little sister Allison. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's I don't know. Um, and he, they're running away from the witches. They've just accidentally revived the witches, and Thackeray says, "You know, follow me." And he goes into a graveyard, and Max is like, "Whoa, that's a graveyard. I'm not going in there." And he's like, "It's hallowed ground. Witches can't go here." And that doesn't make any sense for two reasons. One. Because folklorically, no, witches don't care about that. Really, it's more like ghosts and demonic entities that give a crap about hallowed ground. Secondly, they fucking end up in that same graveyard anyway, and the witches are there at the climax of the movie, so what does it fucking matter? Oh yeah, she ends up on the ground at the end of the movie. They All of the witches are there over the hallowed ground at some point <laughs> and during the climax of the movie. Well, didn't they fly over the hallowed ground earlier in the movie? Or were they just I don't know. The- I'm just thinking about all I, all I know is that at the end, the climax of the movie, the end of the movie, the <laughs> the final fight takes place on hallowed ground and it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Which I found kind of amusing. When was the last time you watched, not for those of you, when was the last time you saw this movie? Uh, probably eight to ten years prior. Okay. Do you remember enjoying it eight to ten no, years prior? No, I hated it eight to ten years prior. But you liked it as a kid. I did like it as a kid, yes. Okay. I saw this movie probably five years ago. Okay. Uh, Trocadero has those movie nights. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They had it for like a Halloween time, and I went with a friend of mine. Um, and I remember really enjoying it. I remember laughing a lot during that, mm-hmm. during that up. And I don't know if it was because I was in a theater with I think it's people. A cr- I think it's got to be a crowd mentality, yeah. And it's, you know, at this particular venue, they allow drinking inside. So people mm-hmm. are just drinking beer and kind of either already drunk or getting drunk. Uh, and laughing and, and having a good time, right. right? And I've seen two movies there, Hocus Pocus and Sharknado. Okay. And uh, particularly for the Sharknado, 
everyone cracks up and it's that full like audience vibe yeah. where you laugh even harder because you're laughing with 50 other people um, and then talking over the mm-hmm. speech scenes because I'm Sharknado who gives a fuck. Yeah, exactly. Um, but for this, I remember really laughing a lot. And for this movie, this viewing, I watched it this morning. Uh, I think I laughed twice during this movie. There's not a lot of humor. I mean, there's a lot of attempts at humor. The jokes are pretty bad except for one. And I have it written down. I don't remember which one it was. But um, <laughs> it's that notable that I forget it already two hours later. Um, but it's more, I, I think I laughed more at uh, Bette Midler. I definitely laugh more at Bette Midler, and for some reason, I don't know why this is funny to me, because it doesn't make any sense and it shouldn't be funny, but for some reason, Kathy and Jimmy's character basically being curly from the Three Stooges, right. I don't know why it's funny, but it's very funny to see Kathy and Jimmy, who's you know been in a lot of things I enjoy, um, doing that. Like with the, her whole face screwed up, and like barking at people and doing like <laughs> basically doing the curly routine from right. the Three Stooges. So I, I mean, I've watched the Three Stooges a ton. Sure, I, Mo and and Winifred. Sure, I definitely yeah, see absolutely. that. What about Larry and and the and the Sarah? Just uh, Sarah is her character. Yeah. Do you um, see any? Uh, no, I don't because okay. Larry was very. He was like the straight laced one. You know, he had like a Larry was mm-hmm. like always like if Mo is like the dumb. Uh, kind of brute force guy who gets them into all these situations, Curly's the slapstick laughter kind of thing. Larry was always like, you know, the straight man of that three man comedy troupe. Sure. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I mean, think... he was funny. <laughs> I love so, Larry fine. I, I mean, I, I bring it up only because it, the other two definitely have influence. Oh, absolutely. Especially, like you said, uh, the Mary character. Yeah. Definitely being Curly. Yep. Um, you know, like, not only is she like the, the larger of the three. Mm hmm. But she's you know, like steering with her shoulders, like being led by her nose, her tongue's hanging yeah, out. Yeah, and like her, her face is always screwed up like Curly used to do when he would bark at people and he's, she's doing that. And it's it's very Three Stoogian, except for I guess Sarah's character is really just playing more like the dumb blonde, which, which yeah. to comedic effect. And I mean, I don't know. I don't think that she's a particularly funny character and I don't think that Sarah actually adds necessarily a whole lot to the movie. Um, that said, as I said earlier, Sarah Jessica Parker is not a particularly attractive woman, but she's very attractive in this movie. She don't is, know I don't why. know what it is about, but she is really cute. It's, in this movie. it's probably the corset. <laughs> Just being honest. I mean, her, I it's also like 23 years ago. Sure. But, um, like her face is a lot cuter mm. in this movie too than I've seen her in other things. But, uh, anyway, um, one more thing about, uh, just characters and Mary, uh, Originally considered for this role was Rosie O'Donnell. I don't see her pulling that off. No, I don't either. She's too She's too bombastic. serious. I was going to yeah. say she's too serious. Well, too. I think she's, yeah, to a degree. I, I don't think she could pull off the amount of silliness you need to mm-hmm. be Mary. But she's also got like a big bombastic sort of personality where you need to be meek compared to Winifred beating you down all the time, which is kind of the relationship the sisters have. Win- Winifred is definitely like head bitch in charge. And the other two, like, I mean, that's the first introduction to the characters, right? So Thackeray yeah. shows up, he watches Emily um, being led by Sarah into the witch's cottage, and um, you see Winnie, and she does her little stupid introduction thing where she says, oh, what a- another glorious morning. It makes me, makes me sick! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the other sisters are outside, and she screams at them, and the first thing they get to say is, sorry, Winnie, coming, Winnie, sorry. Like, mm. it's such an abusive relationship between the Sanderson <laughs> sisters. That he actually kind of feel bad for Mary and Sarah. But then Bette Midler's so funny that you just don't give a shit. So I might as well just bring this up now. I've <clears throat> I, I've probably mentioned this before on the show. I'm a photographer. I work in like 
Philly, New York area. And I've worked with Bette Midler twice and she's awesome. So <laughs> why? Okay. Just she has swung a sword at me once. Yeah. I don't think many people can say that Bette Midler no, has swung a sword at me. That's definitely, uh, that's, you're a special snowflake, Lou. <laughs> Thank you. God damn. Um, was it like for a photo shoot that she had a sword or did you, or did she, did you just piss her off and she was like away with you? It wasn't, Maeve. it was, <laughs> it was not the the latter. Okay. Um, yeah, it was for a photo shoot. We were at, she has a studio up in Harlem, mm-hmm. uh, right near the Apollo where she and her husband share a whole building. And in the studio they have, they have like community classes and they okay. have like theater classes and they had swords in this room that we were in and it was kind of at a point in this shoot where she was just like, what else can we do? Let's do this. And she just grabs a sword and starts swinging it around at like a crowd of people. <laughs> and I just so happened to be the one closest to her. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, she's great. She's super, like, in the least negative way possible, she is a diva at heart. Like she, like the true sense of a diva. The true sense. She, I mean, I, I, I loved her. She was great. But mm. like when I worked with her a couple times, she would like, she'd, First of all, these were like 15-hour days, and she was there the entire time just mm. like with full energy. Um, she definitely knows what she wants but needs verification from the people around her to make sure she's doing the right thing. It's odd. It's odd to see because like you figure if when you're in a position like that for so long as an actress, as a, as a, as a singer and mm. everything um, – it's just like, let's do this. I want to go here and just like bring 30 people with her and then just like, are, are we okay with this? Are you cool with this? Are you cool with this? Like yeah. asking everybody. But yeah, she's great. And like seeing this film is really, I mean, I've seen other things with her other than, but other than Hocus Pocus and the first Wives Club, I really don't have much of an ex- mm. like a history with, with her. So seeing those films, having worked with her uh, makes me like her even more. Yeah, uh, I got to say, I don't know a whole lot about Bette Midler. Um, I've seen her in this movie. I've seen her on Seinfeld. She had a recurring role for a couple oh, of episodes. Did? Yeah, Kramer was like ridiculously obsessed with Bette Midler. And at one point in one series of episodes, um, <clears throat> the improv theater that Jerry does comedy at had mm-hmm. a softball game with like members of a Broadway troupe. Bette Midler was on the Broadway troupe, and uh, she gets uh, George when he when George is sliding into first, he takes out Bette Midler. <laughs> he does it, and she now can't be the star of the Broadway show she's in because she's injured. And Kramer is taking care of her at her bedside, and it's very very amusing. But hearing what you ju- the story you just told me makes me love her a whole lot more because you don't think of Bette Midler as being the kind of person to like own a building in Harlem and like hold community classes in Harlem. You know what I mean, like. It's a classically underprivileged area, and mm-hmm. she's giving back to a, commu- that, a community that's fucking awesome. Yeah. To be fair, she does live like on I Central understand. Park, <laughs> sure. But, but yeah, she's she's had that 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 building for for like decades, essentially. That's, but, that's um, awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. Um, so, so Thackeray is trying to rescue Emily. He tries to, get to rescue Emily. Does not work. It, he's he fails miserably. All yep. the guys in this movie are, are dicks. They they don't just they're bad. They, they're not yeah. good at what they do. Sure. They try to rescue the younger sister. They fail. They get electrocuted. They get pushed against the wall. And anyway, the witches. They they. So Bette Midler is basically Emperor Palpatine at this point because <laughs> she's got Force lightning and she uses the Force to throw them into walls and shit. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I just um, wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> thank you. No problem. Uh, yeah, uh, Thackeray fails. Uh, what four years thought it was Zachary as a kid? Just until researching this episode and seeing the th, I was just yeah. Like, well, what the hell is uh, Thackeray? Yeah, what the fuck is Thackeray? Let's talk about that. I don't want to talk about it's that. A stupid fucking thing. <laughs> but he fails. They they finish their spell. They suck the life out of this child. 
and um, turn him into a cat. And they turn him into a cat. And then right after that, the townsfolk come running, the angry mob with pitchforks. Well, because and... he sent friends to yeah. get ang- said angry mob and bring them to the Sanderson's And house. Um, they capture the the women. The the parents of Thackeray and Emily are saying, "Where is where is my son?" Mm-hmm. And um, they hang them. They basically are like, "I we're not gonna." tell you what's going on we're going to cast another spell from yep. my magic book my magic uh, necronomicon <laughs> yeah and, pretty much and you we'll know see we'll see you whenever yeah. a virgin lights a candle they don't yep. say this specifically but that's the spell yep and then they get they're they're hanged and then i, I gotta admit i liked that for a disney movie for a kids movie they didn't uh shy away from the whole hanging thing like they show their feet twitching and dangling yeah i was like all right this is kind of brutal i'm kind of into it so yeah, they're hanged, and then we get an over a voiceover of a teacher in 1993 telling. Well, you're well, missing the part where uh, um, Thackeray, as a cat, tries to get his dad's attention, and he's like, "Get away from me, cat!" Bum me out. Yeah, that's sad, but I'm also kind of like, the cat can talk. Later in the movie, did he just forget how to talk because he was busy being a cat, or is that something he learned how to do over the 300 years he had undying life? I guess that is the question, though. Did he did he just develop the power of English speech over 300 years? Is that possible for a feline? I, I don't. That's the thing. I don't think it would be. Um, so he must have been able to talk at that moment because they took a human and transformed it into a cat, right? Yeah. If you kept a cat alive for 300 years, it wouldn't suddenly be able to speak. So why do you need to say, hey, dad, I'm a cat? That's, that's what I'm saying. Hey, it's me. They turned me into a newt. <laughs> I got better. Turned me into a newt. But yeah, all right. So now we're in 1993. Now we're in 1993. We're in a classroom. A teacher is telling the story to her students, and the ever the skeptic students who are way too old to be getting a history lesson about witches. That's even true. if you're in Salem. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I kinda... guess they set it up with like you know the teacher's wearing like a witch hat. It's it's Halloween, it's Halloween day. day. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Max, the main character of this film, had just moved with his family from. LA to Salem and while being told this story he's just like whatever that's not true witches aren't real I don't yeah. believe in this shit Halloween is a conspiracy brought on by the candy companies yeah. and everyone's and then, like dude you're a dick well yeah and then Allison played by someone whose name I don't remember but is in like a bunch of 90s movies I think it's Rebecca Shaw yeah I think it is Rebecca Shaw but Rebecca spelled dumb is that possibly anyway yeah. i don't think like she's it like up. How about actually that? <laughs> she's like actually halloween is based on a pagan ritual and then it's like ooh, snap you got told <laughs> and like and then he like he's just like whatever s- halloween's still dumb why don't you call me later yeah and he's s- like hey wanna fuck <laughs> you obviously don't know how that works yeah i will say though it's a little ballsy to just you know in the middle of your entire hey. class as a high school kid to sure, just be like no. hey yeah. if uh if what do you say if jimmy if jimmy pa- jimmy page if um Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix comes comes around later. Call me. Like, what the fuck? What are you uh, talking because about? Because she was talking about the pagan ritual where the spirits rose and blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. He's like, so, uh, Jimi Hendrix later, you should fuck me. <laughs> Here's my number. Um, After class, he he hits on her again, and she basically hands him back the number like, yo, dude, not interested. But he takes a very speedy bike ride home from school through the graveyard um, and stumbles about my favorite characters in this whole damn movie. Bulk and Skull. <laughs> Wait, what is that from? Power Rangers, dude. Oh. They're basically the the bullies from Power Rangers. Did you see the trailer for the new one? No, I did not. Eh, it's going to be dumb. Well, duh. <laughs> Original Power Rangers was dumb. It's true. Um, uh, Jay and Ice. Yeah. No, Ernie. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, this whole it's scene. the two like douchiest guys are hanging out in the graveyard waiting for someone to bike through. <laughs> yeah, right. Is this a com- well, I mean, Salem said maybe it is a common occurrence, but so. but the dude has like uh, ice like shaved into the back of his head. Yep. Uh, he's I don't know what he's dressed like, but they're just two douchey dudes who are bu- bullies. There's like a like the blonde guy is like I, I guess it's Jay, but he's like weirdly biker ish. And then the other guys like weirdly 1990s like, like Mark Wahlberg yeah like yeah. exactly uh, so like why would they even be hanging out together I don't know but I did see as far as actors the one the Ice didn't do very much at all but um, Jay the blonde dude mm-hmm. was one of the head agents in uh, Stranger Things the Netflix show really he looks nothing I mean granted it's 25 years sure. But, He's like clean cut, super like thin face really? and an older guy. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't really know. Weird. Yeah. But um, they basically are going to beat him up. I thought they were going to take his bike, but they didn't take the bike. They took his shoes. Yeah. And just kind of further solidifying that Max hates living in Salem. Sure. Uh, he goes through home. He throws a hissy fit in front of his parents. I can't believe you made me move here. Yeah. Derp. And, um... And then it's... Cr- real creepily goes to his bedroom and like lays on his bed, curls up with his pillow and starts talking like pillow talk to it. Like this is exactly why um, body pillows are a thing. This <laughs> is exactly why. Focus. This is exactly why like waifu pillows became a thing. And he's just he's curled up and he's just like, oh, Allison, Allison, let me stroke your hair, Allison. Something creepily. Yeah, it's like, dude, and it's like you just met that girl too. Like, yeah, like a week ago. He said he'd moved there. A week, yeah, a so week it's prior. like you've known her less than seven full days, and now he's fucking his pillow. Yeah. And then his little sister pops out of the closet and scares him. Yeah, and they basically she's He's like, "Oh, you're, you're taking... not supposed to be in my room because what if I was jerking it?" <laughs> yeah, she tells him, "You have to take me trick or treating," and he's just like, "Fuck you! I'm just gonna play drums like an angry yeah. teenager." <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> um, but anyway, he she screams. Tim loses more of his hearing, yep. and uh, they go trick or treating together. Yep. That's pretty much. It. Oh, did you notice that the uh, some weird little trivia? Uh, did you notice that their dad is played by the bad guy from Dumb and Dumber? It like the 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 head bad guy. Yeah, the like, head bad guy. No, really. Yeah, the guy who sets up the whole kidnapping. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's him. Because when he was like talking about trick or treating, all I could hear was him on the phone with the two. Uh, uh, like the like the mercen- not yeah, mercen- whatever well, they are. Yeah, the guy who dies from the uh, pills are good. Pills are good <laughs> scene. Yeah, uh, I just I recognize people from places, and I like to talk about it. That guy couldn't have done very much with his career. No, Those are no. his two roles. But um, anyway, they go trick or treating, and I Bulk and Skull get them again. They get them again. They you know the what's what's the sister's name? Not Emily. What the hell's her name? Is it Emily? Uh, Danny. Uh, Danny. Danny, you know, they go to the house. She's pissed off because Max is being a little douche. And there's like the, the the group of bullies, Max, or not Max, uh, Jay and Ice included. And they're like smashing pumpkins and stealing candy from kids. And she, he's just like, let's walk across the lawn. Let's go over here. And she's like, fuck you. I'm just going to go through these guys. And he basically wimps out again. Yep. Um, gives he them his candy. Yep. And they go away. And... um. There's a weirdly dramatic scene where like she throws herself onto the hay, yeah, and cries amongst the pillows. Dramatic. Well, because he's a huge dick to her. I forget he, what he says. 
Um, but she definitely overreacts. Get, I think he says get out get of my life to an yeah. eight-year-old, which yeah. I, okay, I guess I kind of see. Yeah, but she definitely, like, it's like um, it's like a Jane Austen novel. Like, instead of falling dramatically onto the chaise lounge, she's falling <laughs> dramatically into a pile of hay. By the way, I did see what, what I did write was my favorite joke in the movie, which you're going to hate me for it. <laughs> so when Jay is, like, kind of circling... Uh, uh, Max kind of taunting him. Mm. He's just like, I love the costume. What are you supposed to be? A new kid on the block? <laughs> Why was that your favorite joke? <laughs> I don't know. Why? But I, I just wrote best joke in the movie. All right. Well, well, I mean, I guess humor is subjective, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, they make up uh, uh, Danny says, and look, Max. I'm sorry. I was being a huge dick. My bad. And they keep walking, and then they break into a house, essentially. They just walk into this, like, big mansion kind of oh, house. Oh, right. Well, because they walk by this big, beautiful mansion, and she's like, I want to get candy from there. And he's like, what? And then they're just crashing the party. Yeah, they like, literally I, just I walk really, in. There's no impetus for this whatsoever. <laughs> they just walk by the biggest, nicest house in Salem, and they're like, fuck it. We're going in there. And it just so happens to be Allison's house. She's and at the top of the stairs. They're completely underdressed. They're all dressed because in like because it's a fucking like Victorian masquerade right. Everyone's ball. Everyone's in in like feather not feathered caps. Um, they're in like powdered wigs. Yeah, and and Allison is dressed to the nines and whatever. And they come. He's wearing a t shirt and jeans. Yeah, it's very much like a wide an eyes wide shut party. That's exactly what I thought. Without the uh, the all the fucking. Yeah, without all the fucking. Um, Again, this is a Disney movie. Well, and then right after this, Danny drops this drops the line. Max likes your yabos. In fact, he loves them. Yep. Well, I wish I, mean, I I wish I had those yabos. This is like an eight year old. Yeah, like, that's getting weird. It's getting real. There's a yeah. lot of weird instances of like these kinds of situations. But anyway, they're like, hey, what do you want to do? We're just fucking around. And Allison is like, oh, my mom used to run the tours at the the, the Sanderson house. Mm-hmm. Let me get changed. We'll go over there. So the three of them. Well, Danny's like, I don't know. Like, I don't. Oh yeah, she do says that. she doesn't want to do it because she's scared. Yeah, and he's like, you have to do this because I'm trying to fuck this girl. <laughs> I promise I will make it up to you later. Right, and then he makes a promise to like dress as Peter Pan with tights like the next Halloween or something like that. Yeah. So the three of them go to the Sanderson house, and Allison is kind of like, you know, she knows the tour, so she's showing them around. She's mm. reading all the, the the note cards and explaining the 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 not the dead man's candle. What's it called? The black, the black flame, flame candle. candle. Uh, Winifred's book. And basically, Max is like, oh, I'm going to try to impress this chick by lighting this black flame candle. Like, what are you afraid of? A little hocus pocus? And there's titular, titular line drop right there. And everyone's just like, dude, don't do it. What the, what the fuck are you doing? Don't light that candle. And he lights the candle. And what? He wakes up the witches. Yep. <laughs> I wish I had more to add to this. There's, but nothing, there's, just, really there's, nothing, to, there's nothing funny about the scene. There's nothing memorable about the scene. Did really. you like the practical effect of the floor the floor planks? Yes. Okay. I, I like, I, I'm going to say this now. I like the special effects in this movie. I think even the non-practical effects, like the like the digital effects of like the lightning bolts and like the witchy green magic-y stuff. And I didn't know um, it holds just, up pretty well. The cat is CGI. I didn't yeah. know until... I always thought it was an animatronic cat. Like No, the the face is definitely CGI. I mean, thinking back on it, sure. I always had the impression that it was like a little animatronic cat, other than, you know, the obviously live cat on yeah. set. But, um, yeah, the effects are pretty good. Um, maybe that's where the all the, the money yeah. went. Because it certainly didn't go into writing. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, you know, Max lights the black lamp candle, uh, wakes up the sisters. They come back, and now we're into the main plot of this movie, sure. where we have the three Sanderson sisters. They're back three hundred years later, 
And now they want to continue their original plan, which was to suck all the lives of all the children in Salem and have uh, everlasting life. life. Yep. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's not a bad plan. I um, do want to say that that they are worse at gathering children than <laughs> the troll from Ernest Scared Stupid. Because he got there are so many parallels to that movie. I know there's so many. I, I have a couple of things scattered throughout my notes, but like, well, just to skip to the end, like. This isn't really a parallel, but like at the end of the movie, when they they have literally hordes of children walking to mm. them. I actually was thinking about Batman Returns during this movie too, <laughs> when all the children are coming to the Sanderson house, yeah. and she's like, "We, we just need one kid. We have this little bit of potion left. We need one kid." And there's literally a hundred kids outside their yep. house, and they're like, "No, I want Danny." Yeah. It's like, why? Why are you doing that? But yeah, I mean, there's literally no reason for that other than, um, I guess, revenge. But uh, okay. Anyway, they're at the house. Um, they wake up the sisters, and uh, they basically tell their their ideas to Danny. And the three kids kind of have to battle their way out. Um, Binks the cat shows up. He yep. kind of attacks Winifred. He kind of saves the day because he jumps on Winifred's shoulder and attacks her face. Um, can we talk real quick? I mean, there's not really a whole lot to discuss in this scene. The kids escape through um, Max basically lying to the witches about the burning rain of death which is really just the sprinkler system. Sure. Um, and then they get away, uh, and we realize that the cat can talk. Um, can we talk about how weirdly slutty Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker's character is? So her like, whole... When my, the first instance of her sluttiness comes up, I think, when Winifred is torturing Max. She yeah. blasts him in the stomach with forced lightning. He hits the ground. Then she goes, you there, and points <laughs> to the wall, and his body kind of flies up and slams against the wall, and then she spins him around. And Sarah Jessica Parker is, like, lovingly stroking his face <laughs> during this point. Well, his, she, like, face and chest. It's getting really weird. So many times in this movie, she's like, look at the boy, and yeah. let me play with him. Exactly. It's, like, it's her and then, thing. So he sets off the fire alarm. The kids book it out of there with the cat and the magic book, and then the three Sanderson sisters are giving chase, and they see the fire truck coming up the road, and they're like, what the fuck is that? Because they're from the 1600s. And so they're hiding in a bush, and Mary's like, what are they? And um, Winifred's like, yeah. they're, oh, they're witch hunters. Yeah, but before she even gets to say witch hunter, Sam <laughs> Jell- sorry. Boys. Goes, Boys. <laughs> It's like... So can we go through their 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 powers real quick? So okay. Winifred is obviously like the traditional witch. She's got lightning. She can. She's the the powerful one. Yeah. Sarah just sings and seduces whoever. She yeah. She has like um sort of a lesser degree of mind control, I guess, because she she can just kind of get you, especially children, I guess, to do what they want. I don't think she actually seduces any men into doing anything with, that she wants just during the, the movie. Just the bus driver. Well, yeah, but they all kind of seduce the bus driver. That's true, which is a whole other weird yeah. scene. Um, and then Mary, she can just smell children. Yeah. I also think that she Mary is the most... Um, I don't remember why I think this. I can't come up with a good example, but I think she's like the most knowledgeable about ingredients to things. Oh, she's uh, like the she, potion she, master. Yeah, she doesn't need to look at the book to know what they need in order to complete the spell. Whereas Winifred needs to look it up. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, so they all I, have their niche. I, I, I mean, as far as like, maybe not this particular movie, but a generalized witch story, I like the idea that they have their specializations and they all have yeah. to like contribute as a group to like fully do whatever they need to do. Sure, it's kind of like you know how the Jedi had different <laughs> lightsaber colors depending <laughs> on what their job was. Definitely. Thank you for always bringing it back. No problem. <laughs> so they leave. Uh, they look at the uh, the firefighters, um, and the kids 
leave and they follow Binks the talking cat to yep. the graveyard. Yeah, where witches can't try it apparently because it's hallowed ground. And and he's explaining like how evil the witches are and how like, hey there was this guy and they seduced him or whatever and then he killed his wife and then they killed him. Talking about Billy, Billy Butcherson. Yeah, Billy Butcherson. And, and then they sewed his mouth shut and cut out his tongue. And I'm like, all right, I'm into this for a Disney movie. It's getting brutal. I like it. And then, you know, the witches arrive at the graveyard and they raise Billy from the yep. dead. Um, because they need someone on foot sure, to, to chase after these kids. These people so they get the book back. So now they we have a book. zombie. You know, at this point, the witches don't give a fuck about the kids. They Not just really. want the book back so they can go make their potion and start eating kids. It hasn't gotten personal yet, like you said at the end, where. They're just like, fuck everything. We just want to hurt the kids. Yeah. Um, anyway, they raise Billy. The kids escape into the sewer. Yep. And they, they kind of get a little bit more of the back history about, about Thackeray Banks and mm-hmm. like, um, oh, I've been hunting mouse mice in the in the, in the the sewers for years and I learned how to talk apparently and all this mm-hmm. other shit. Um, also, I can't die. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, I tried a lot. I've tried to kill myself a million times. Again, yeah. weird thing for a Disney movie. Yep. We see We see a couple, a lot of deaths in this. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, they the witches get on the bus after being hit on <laughs> real hard yeah. by the bus driver. A lonely old like, bus Yow! driver. And, you know, just, uh, within like 30 seconds, Sarah's sitting on his lap driving this bus, which if I ever saw a public bus driving down the street and a, a woman sitting on a dude's lap, I'd, I'd not get on that bus. I'd no. stay pretty clear from that bus. Well, I think that they're the only passengers on the bus, though. Yeah. And, they, and then she runs over the cat. Yeah. So she runs over Thackeray, and it's everyone's sad for like a second until his broken bones start snapping back into place, and he like reinflates and is like, "What? I told you I can't die," and it's just like, "Ew!" <laughs> <laughs> Again, more brutality, like physically holding the camera on this cat that's bones are cracking back into place, and as it reinflates and snaps itself all back together, pretty uh, pretty not Disney. They were starting to break away in the in the early nineties. No, I think that's yeah. I don't know. I feel like the Black Cauldron is where they first really broke away and started doing some. Uh, never saw it. Really, um, it's not well loved as a Disney movie, obviously, because you've never seen it. But I think that was the first time they were like, "Hey, we can make movies that are still good for kids, but also have a dark edge to them." Was that animated or was it was it animated? Live? Okay. Um, and then I think that they tried that a few more times, especially. When like the Henson movies were having success, like Labyrinth is a pretty dark movie, Dark Crystal, and Dark Crystal is a very dark movie. Um, so I think maybe this is just like, hey, this is you know we're talking about witches. It's got to be a little bit scary. We can't just totally Disneyfy everything. Sure. And then you know Lion King comes out and they just Disneyfy everything after that forever. True. Uh, Want to talk about Satan? Yeah, because this is where they meet Satan, right? Yeah, so they get yeah off. they get off. They get it's like literally they get off the bus. And they get off the bus. There's a dude dressed as Satan handing out candy to the kids, right? Yeah, um, and they're they're sniffing around. Like, oh, the master! <laughs> they can't find any kids, and they can't comprehend at first that all the little kids running around in costumes are in fact children and not like astronauts and witches and mm. whatever. But they see this dude dressed as Satan, and I wanted to ask you, I don't see a lot of that kind of. I mean, granted, we don't live in the suburbs sure. anymore. But even when I was a kid, I don't remember people getting that decked out for Halloween ever. Did you ever see anything like that? No, but then again, this is taking place in Salem. And I don't know okay, if you've yeah. ever been to Salem, Massachusetts. I have, I have. It's fucking awesome. Highly recommend it. Um, it is absolutely a Halloween town. 
So I so think this would make sense. Yeah, in this Salem. would totally make sense in the city of Salem. Right, makes sense. Because I've gone in like the summers, and even in the summers, like there's people decked out like to hawk their wares or whatever, or talk, or you know, get you to go on their historical witch tours or whatever. Sure, sure, okay. So yeah, this, I mean, just in case you haven't seen this movie, I mean, we were kind of breezing through a lot of this, but either way, it's like this guy who's like wearing a full devil outfit. He has like the the animated flames on his house and like all the stuff in the in the in the in the front yard just to seem like, you know, his house is hell. And it's, I mean, for seeing it through a movie, like it's pretty effective yeah, sure. uh, for like a decorations. Now you just get the like 20 foot tall inflatable tube people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the guy, I would love someone to dress up like the gas station thing. Like the, yeah, the wacky wiggling. <laughs> no, I wish, <laughs> I wish that our listeners could have seen that. Lou just tried to do the, uh, uh, inflatable tube guy thing you see outside of like Halloween stores actually have them. Yeah, and and guess when I managed, I didn't Halloween... try, man. I succeeded. That was great. Yeah, that was very was good. Great impression. Uh, when I managed a Halloween store, we actually had one of those inflatable tube guys. When did you manage a Halloween store? Uh, two thousand seven and two thousand eight. Where? Cherry Hill, New Jersey. All right. It was pretty cool, actually. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Did you get? Did you like take anything from there when you worked there? Like, no, you don't take anything. Oh, but come you get on. discounts and shit. Um, I did. You didn't steal like an inflatable rat, or not inflatable, but a little rubber rat. No, oh, we well. played baseball with the rats. That makes the spiders. Because we would sell like posters that came in these big, thick cardboard tubes, and we would play a game when there was no customers in the store with a rubber spider and a baseball bat. Um, so real quick, since we're talking about Halloween, when I managed a Halloween store, my favorite thing to do was, I don't know if the listeners have ever seen what I look like, but I'm basically like 80% of Michael J. Fox's character in Teen Wolf <laughs> with longer hair. So um, what I would do is I would put on the werewolf costume that we sold and I would stand where the animatronics were. <laughs> Like the $200 animatronic, <laughs> sure. like Jason's and stuff. And I would have a try me button on the pedestal in front of me. And I would be perfectly still when people were nearby. When they pressed my button, I would leap over the fence at them. And it was always really funny until I almost actually killed somebody because I, this woman, like, <laughs> did not react well to it. Her her husband came in the store at, like, 2 in the afternoon, right? I did the thing to him. He laughed his ass off, thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen, shook my hand, was like, oh, I'm going to bring my wife by, by later. Make sure you're still in costume. And I was like, yeah, no problem. He brings his wife by. I do it to her. She fucking, like, falls on her ass, and she's, like, clutching her chest. And I was like, I'm calling 911 right now. <laughs> and, uh... That's awesome. Now she caught her breath and was just like, "Oh, you, you got me real good." And they were like such good sports about it, but I didn't do it again after that because I was like, "Oh, I guess I probably could kill somebody." She was older, like she was like, no, nah, she was 70s? like like late fifties probably. Okay, but uh, still like within maybe like heart attack range. Like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other great great story about uh, being the animatronic werewolf is there was one instance in which three young boys came in. They were obviously brothers. Uh, their parents were off shopping somewhere else, and the first little boy came by, hit the button. I I knew he was a little kid, so I didn't take it too far. But like I jumped out at him a little bit, and he went ah, and then he smiled, and then he went and got his next his next youngest brother and brought him over and made him do it, and then they did it to the youngest kid. And it was just really funny to me that like that's like a total brothers mentality, right? Oh sure, like, like oh that scared me. Let me let me go let me do go. it to somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because you can't be the only one who experienced the thing. You have to make everyone else hurt too. 
Uh, but um, anyway, anyway, I'm done. I'm so um, talking about this. <laughs> in so they they go into Satan's house because they're like uh, they're literally flirting with him because they're used to talking to real Satan. Another thing you don't necessarily imply in a Disney movie usually. Yeah, I guess they're that's like, a good point. They're like they've had like a one on one with Satan lots of times because they're like, oh, this is the master, the master who gives us all of our powers, and they're like Sarah Jessica Parker is like all up on him. And like they're dancing, like slow dancing in his house while his wife Penny Marshall, um, Laverne, I think from no, or she might have been Shirley, from Laverne and Shirley. Oh really? I yeah. don't. And uh, was watching TV, and then she gets all mad when she sees them dancing because like Sarah Jessica Parker's skirt is like up higher than it should be during a slow dance. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't and she that. like then she freaks out and kicks them all out of the house, and that's when. That's when Winifred's like, I don't think that's actually the master. Like, <laughs> I don't think Satan gets pushed around by his wife. Yeah. So with the the, the shoddiest Medusa costume I've ever seen. Yeah, and it was, it was just a really weird scene because it implies a whole bunch of things. A that all three sisters are familiar with Satan. Yeah. Also, in the biblical that, sense. Yeah. All three. Yeah. All three sisters probably fucked Satan at some point. Like it's like implied because they're all like kind of like flirty with him and like I don't know. I think it's implied that they all probably bang Satan at some point, which especially, is a lot, and especially it's, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, yeah, she, and the, and she's probably the most recent too. Mm. But it's just like <laughs> the whole thing about the Disney movie. We keep bringing it up, like that. It, it's not even like subtly implied. Like it's very strongly yeah. implied. Like we've fucked Satan. Yeah, and like this is a PG movie. Yep. So yeah, it, it's it's odd. But. It's this whole movie's an anomaly. Everything about it is weird. It's not like you know how some movies you watch and you're like this. They just immediately make you feel weird about watching them. Yeah, like uh, like the Blair Witch was a good example because it made you feel like you just watched three people die. Sure. Um, this is a movie that is you watch it and no matter how hard you try to suspend your disbelief, you kind of end up just looking at it like, how did any of this get made? Because this is a Walt Disney picture. Like Magic Kingdom fucking logo pops up at the beginning and everything, and they're they showed the witches get hanged. You know, there's lightning powers and people getting hurt. They literally show the witches getting burned to death later in the movie in a giant <laughs> kiln at the school. Yeah, and like they're fucking Satan. Like there's just all kinds of not Disney okay things going on. That this movie is the, a completely different kind of weird. It just doesn't make you feel like how did this get made. It makes you feel like how did anyone approve all of this. Yeah. And it makes I, you wonder if maybe Bette Midler with all of her star power at that point in the nineties was like, no, this is fine. Maybe like, no, I don't like know. just fucking get this through. I, I mean that would be cool if that's what actually happened, but like Because who I else, like who else behind this movie has any kind of pull with that studio? Nobody. Well, like, yeah. Nobody. It's not like this was the guy who would go on to direct like the fucking Lion King. Right. Or you know what I mean? So I just wonder, like, because there's no way you get literally, hey, these three main bad guy characters that are kind of goofy that we've been following around the whole movie, yeah, they definitely were penetrated by Satan at some point. <laughs> you don't get that without a Bette Midler saying, no, this joke is staying in the movie. Uh-huh. Wow. All right. Well, that's the opener right yeah. there. <laughs> wasn't even a joke. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, it is a good point though because um, I feel like this is the kind of film like I guess it's kind of a testament to like how well it's stood up to people whether or not they've seen it recently or not. But like I don't remember there being any kind of pushback against this movie. No, no. Um, like in regards to the all that stuff we just met, you yep. just mentioned. Um, 
there were no like I mean at least to my knowledge no like Christian families that were like oh we can't have yeah, our kids watch this movie literally four years later a book about a wizard comes out and everyone loses their fucking minds because it has the word witchcraft in it exactly yeah and you like know? that and, and it, it's strange to me that and not even when the books came out but like as, even when the movies came out there was still that kind of a pushback and I don't sure. know if it was just more vocal because of the internet or whatever but um I feel like this is the, worse than Harry Potter like on the oh, yeah. scale of like like witchcraft kind of things or like or even kind of uh, uh just violence and yeah, like absolutely. sexuality absolutely um no i completely agree i we all know i'm not a harry potter fan but that's not because of like christian pushback against it like i don't give a fuck about any of that um and this movie is definitely significantly darker than at least the first what two movies Definitely the first two. The third starts getting dark, and after that, they're all pretty dark. But. Yeah, but I mean, like, are they dark? Like, hey, Hermione's trying to fucking get double teamed by Satan and Beelzebub. <laughs> I don't think so. No, no, that's it. Oh, Jesus. Um. All right, let's get on. Let's just finish this. Back on track. Um. So the Satan scene is really weird. They get kicked out of Satan's house by Penny Marshall. And then they go, the kids end up going to the Halloween party where, did we see this in Ernest Scared Stupid where there was like a Halloween dance with all the parents? Well, yeah, because it was supposed to be the Halloween dance for all the kids, but there was like four oh. kids and a thousand adults there. Okay. Like that was just because that was a dumb movie, not oh. because that was the whole, that was like a plot point that all the parents are in one spot. I couldn't remember why there were so many parents at a dance. But no, that's... it was just because there was like a thousand parents and eight kids. Gotcha. And seeing as Trantor actually only ever accomplished grabbing five kids, that means there's a total of a thousand parents for thirteen children in Briarsville, Missouri. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the kids go to this dance, and it's where all the parents are. Um, they try to. Ex- I kind of love this scene. I'm this just scene is say, great. I love. Oh, this scene, scene is fantastic. It's like if I never watch this movie again, but could watch this scene. Yeah, I would I totally watch totally this scene satisfied. on YouTube like once a year and really enjoy it. Um. They they try to explain to they find Max's parents and they try to explain what's been happening. More and, weird sexual stuff because Max's mom is dressed as like eighties Madonna with the cone boobs. Yeah, and they're like, I mean, this is, I mean, whatever kind of relationship they might have, but like the parents aren't dancing together. Either. No, it's like a yeah, that's another weird implication, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I because mom's dressed like a straight up like fucking. Nine, early early 90s maybe late 80s Madonna like barely any clothes and the big cones on her boobs and she's just dancing with other guys while dad dressed as Pajama Dracula or whatever who also kisses the hand of Allison the yeah. high school girl which yeah, is which is like, yeah maybe he's just trying to play into like the count sort of mentality because it's fun and Halloweeny probably what they were intending on it sure being, but it looks but creepy it felt real weird especially with all the other weird like we just came out of Satan's house so like yeah there's weird sexual tension around yep. here and so he's dressed as like Pajama Dracula and he's just kind of like he's dancing with like another woman when they walk up like they they go to find Max's parents and they're not together like. That's fucking weird, don't you think, for a Disney movie? For a Disney movie, yeah, definitely. I um, mean, it's whatever. I'm not judging anybody's <laughs> relationship, but I'm just saying in 1993, it's weird. Yeah. Um, and so they, they fail in trying to convince Max's parents, so... Because they're like, this is dumb. Yeah, it was like... Come like on, you are in high school, which aren't real. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so Max, go. he jumps on the stage where this... The, the band that has, like, the makeup of... You know that band Ghost? Yeah. They, they yeah. had the same kind of, like, skull kind of makeup or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is it ghost or is it ghost a? What BC. Is, 
What is it? Ghost BC. Is that what they are? I th- there was uh, okay. So I love doom metal, and <laughs> big surprise. And there was this whole thing where they were originally called Ghost, but then some other band had the name Ghost, so they changed it to Ghost BC, and then they became popular. Which yeah. is weird. Like, like, like they're doom really metal, popular. A doom metal band is getting play on like WMMR, which is really, really? fucking weird to me. But anyway, um, they, uh, I think they just go by Ghost now. I think the other band was like, fuck it. Like, yeah. You, like, you oh, we can't compete. Yeah, like, huge. You win. Yeah. yeah, dude, they sell out all the time. I've never really even gotten into them. But anyway, um, this band is playing, you know, covers uh, for this, you know, adult dance party. And Max jumps on stage, he cuts the music, and he takes the mic from the singer, and he's just like, hey, everybody, the Sanderson sisters are back! And, like, kind of makes an asset of himself. Yeah. But they're in the crowd. They've already gotten into the building at this point. So he points them out, like, they're right there! Thinking that he's going to, like, rally the troops. Nobody gives a fuck. And... Well, because why would you? <laughs> right. If you're an irrational adult, dressed as Madonna, trying to bang somebody who's not your husband at a Halloween party, and your son is like, there are the Sanderson sisters, we should be afraid, and then, like, three people in really well-made costumes are there, you would think they're celebrating the fucking, you know, 300th anniversary of the hanging of the Sanderson sisters and just having a good time. So Winifred knows this, understands this, and plays Absolutely. into it. And she's just like, oh, thank you, Max, for that marvelous introduction. And then she launches into a kick-ass version of I Put a Spell on You and glamours the entire um, adult population to dance till they die. Which is awesome. Right? And, it, dude, that whole scene is awesome. Like, the way it's shot, like, the music. Like, Bette Midler is obviously an accomplished singer. Everything works in that scene. Like, even, like, the little, like, uh, the uh, the other two Sanderson sisters acting as the backup singers. Yeah. When they get up on stage and they're, like, doing, like, the little dance number. Like, it all works. Yeah. Is it dumb? Absolutely. <laughs> sure. But... Any dance number in a movie that is not a musical is dumb. Even in musicals, they're dumb. <laughs> I like musicals, but they're dumb. I'm not going to lie. Sure. So it's it's dumb. It's absolutely dumb. And I can sit here and say, why would a woman murdered in 1693 know the lyrics to <laughs> I Put a Spell on You? <laughs> like, why would she know that? <laughs> and why would she understand that this guy with an electric guitar is a musician? You know, like, she should be afraid of literally everything in here because it's new and scary to her. So but the whole first whatever, half, who cares? The whole first half of the movie, they don't understand what anything is. They're, they didn't know what the street was. Yeah, they thought it was a black A black, black river. Sh- yeah. And uh, they pu- they push Sarah into it, and she's like, it's firm. And then they, like, they just walk down, and they're like, oh, it's a road. Okay. But here... They know, they understand instruments, and they understand yep. that it's a song, that, or the lyrics to a song that came out in, what, the 50s? Yeah, or, probably. And then later on in the movie, when they're when they're like racing along the road, and they're like flying next to the, the truck that they're oh, escaping. Oh, yeah, yeah and she I like, need starts, your driver's permit. Yeah, she's yeah. like, and she goes, well, she says, uh, you're resisting arrest. Yeah. Like, what? Like, why do you understand this now? Yeah. But, um. Maybe they detoured and went to a library or something. <laughs> So anyway, they the witches cast a spell on all the adults to make them dance till they die. The kids understand what's happening, so they leave with, I guess, Binks, and they leave with the book. Mm-hmm. And, well, they have to get the fuck out of there. And Allison has this idea of b- burning the witches alive. Mm-hmm. So she leads the kids to the school to go to um, the basement where they have a kiln. They have yep. like a, a huge kiln. Yeah, for curing, uh, for those who aren't familiar with the term, it's a big giant oven for curing ceramics. Um, and they lead the kids there. They, 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 The witches follow the kids to the school, and they succeed in trapping them in the kiln. Yep. And, and then they burn them they to death. burn them alive. And there's that scene where you're looking through the glass, and you're, they're just fire and screaming. And um, the kids- Happy Halloween, everybody. 
<laughs> Thanks, Disney. But yeah, they the kids think that they've succeeded. They mm-hmm. they'll bleen uh bleen, wow. Green smoke like billows out of the the chimney of the school and they're like, We've killed the witches. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Yep. And they're like doing cartwheels in the street and they're like, All right, let's go home. We're done now. And Binks is like I can have a home. I'm done protecting yep. this house. And everyone's stoked. Yeah. And then it's like, then it gets weird because they're like, okay, this is where, like, it's cool because they're all stoked, right? But I'm like, why isn't the first thing you would do to check if you were successful go back to the big party and determine if the adults are still dancing till they die? I don't know. They just kind of They assume. just go home. Everybody fucking goes home. And Danny goes to bed and Allison sleeps on top of Zach. Or, no, I'm sorry, not Zach. Uh, Max, and um, which is also kind of uh, suggestive. Well, dude, but... what he says to her like a little bit later, like he's such a creep. What I have it written down somewhere. Where is it? Um, oh, it's when they're talking about the salt, mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, kind of like flirtily reading the back of the salt box, and she's just like, oh, it's. Pre- <laughs> Protection against witches, zombies, and old boyfriends, and he's just like, well, what about new boyfriends? And yeah. goes in for the kiss. Yep. Like, I don't know. He's just a weird dude. Um. Anyway, I don't know. We, I, they didn't check to see if the witches are no, actually. So they dead. all just go and they sleep at um the Max's Denison house. house yeah. yeah. Uh, Denison. Yeah, that's right. Um, and turns out. Didn't kill the witches because the witches just reform because they, according to whatever spell they cast, they have 24 hours or they have until the black flame candle is no, no longer lit to get their everlasting life. Yeah. So I guess so they're in, they're... they didn't put the fucking candle out. Yeah. Despite the fact that they all fucking know that the black flame candle is the thing keeping them alive. What is stopping? First of all. Do they ever try to put it out? I don't think they do. They only try to burn the book, which doesn't work because it's protected by magic. But sure. I wonder but I'm if... saying, like, don't they know that the Sanderson sisters came back because of the Black Flame Candle? They but don't did... try to put it out at any point. Do they... I wonder... Because it's... I mean, obviously they don't bring it up, but, like, I'm wondering if... If if it matters to put the candle, like is the flame keeping them alive? Or... Well, because when the flame goes out at the end of the movie, that's when the witches go away. The flame... Is the it? candle. I they keep showing just... the candle getting... I must not have been watching. I don't remember the candle seeing the candle at all. Oh, you see the candle? At the end of the movie when the sun comes up? Yeah. I thought it was just a matter of the sun. I don't know. Maybe the black flame candle brought them back to life and then they have until daybreak. I don't know. The (laughs) fucking... It's this is a stupid argument to be having about Hocus Pocus. (laughs) And uh, for the first time ever, I'm actually going to let something go. Wow. Tim wants to be done. Um, But anyway, yeah, they come back to life and they they stumble upon, the witches stumble upon Jay and Ice who are just Mm. like toilet papering a house and they're just like fucking around. It's like three in the morning. Um, They're eating candy like on the roof of a car. Like, ugh, I ate too much candy. And they kind of like pick on the witches or whatever and then they're like, well, fuck you, we're going to lock you in a cage. Fuck you, yeah, we're going to eat you later. And, um, you know, Winifred is like lamenting because she doesn't have her book, and it's like getting late in the morning, and yeah. she's she calls out the window, and the book wakes up because it has that mm. weird little eye. Yep. And somehow Allison thinks it's a good idea that now that the witches are supposedly dead, they can look in the book. Whereas Thackeray this... said, if you open the book, they'll know, or the book will know where the witches are. Which is exactly what happens because the witches <laughs> are not dead. It's like putting on the One Ring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they send out a column of like amber-colored light into the sky. Yep. So the witches know where it is, and they get on. They go. They 
to breeze through this, they get on their brooms. They actually their brooms are missing, so they get on like a broom, two brooms, no, a broom, a, broom, a, mop, a mop, and a vacuum, and a vacuum cleaner, cleaner, which is funny. I sure, mean. whatever. Um, and they go to the Denison house. They get the fucking book back because the two teenagers are asleep, and they steal Danny. Yes, and they take her to the house. Very, you know, and exactly Zachary near- is like, "Why the fuck did you open that book? I told you not to do that, you assholes." Yeah, he's like, I I did this 300 years ago with my stupid sister. Like, <laughs> oh, almost spit take. <laughs> my stupid fucking dead sister that I still haven't gotten over 300 years later. <laughs> and so the kids have to race back to the Sanderson house. Um, Allison, or I think it's Allison, comes up with the idea like, all right, we're going to fake a sunrise. So we're going to put like red color film over the headlights of this truck, which I don't know where they get the truck. Maybe it's I, her dad's. Yeah, I forget where they get the truck. And... They spook the sisters into thinking it's daylight. So they cower into the corner. They break into the house and they get Danny back. Mm -hmm. I think they get the book. Do they get the book here? I think they do. And Yeah, and then they're driving away and the witches are like, what the fuck? It's still dark out. And that's when we have the scene where Bette Midler knocks on the window and says, I'm going to need to see your driver's permit. Right. As they're driving away. And you're resisting arrest and all that. And this is also that scene where like they had brewed this potion again and they were going to give it to Danny. They don't need the book anymore. So yes. they, yeah, they surrender the book. They're like, okay, we'll get the book back at some other point, but they have the potion made. Yes. And this is where Sarah Jessica Parker does her weird, like her song, her song uh, where she like lulls all of the children out of their beds. So when they, they, you know, uh, I keep saying Zach. I don't know why I keep saying Zach. Max uh, uh, empties out most of the potion. They have a little bit left, a little flask mm-hmm. left. And uh, they're like driving through like a zombie horde of like stupefied children yeah. and walking towards the house to escape. But Winifred really wants to get Danny. She doesn't care about any of the other kids. No. They need one kid to drink this potion. Well, because she's being vindictive. She wants it to hurt. And because and because Max has been the one fucking up her Christmas all fucking day, she's like, yeah, let me do what I did to fucking Thackeray again and take away. Yeah, the sister. Yeah. But they escape. They get back to the graveyard. They stumble upon um, Billy again. Really? And Max... Yeah. Pl- pulls out a penknife to fight against the zombie. I don't yeah. know if you saw that or not. It's yeah. Like one of those little like inch and a half long, you know. Not even, dude. It's like a <laughs> fucking eight centimeter. He cuts open his mouth and so he can finally talk because it's been so shut this whole movie. And he yells at Winifred. They they bicker back and forth. He's like, you old bat. Yeah. He's like, you know, I, I kind of like that scene. Yeah. I kind of like Billy as a character. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. I like the, uh, the practical effects on him. I like the makeup. I like his head falling off all the time. It's pretty funny shit. I'm on board. But, you know, they fight again in the graveyard, and Tim brought up earlier that, you know, they're shouldn't, on hollowed ground. Shouldn't be able to be in the graveyard, but okay. Um, But they fight till the end, and then the sun comes up, and they all burst into well, clouds of dust. The, the, yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to- Sarah, Sarah and Mary do, but Sarah, uh, Winifred oh, yeah. turns into a big statue of herself. Yeah, she looks looking like- Looking all bat-like. She looks like one of the uh, the angels from Doctor Who. I don't yeah, know. the, yeah, the um, uh, Weeping Angels. Weeping Angels, yeah. Or like a stone version of um, one of the versions of Dracula from the Bram Stoker movie, the Bram Stoker's Dracula movie. Oh, like when it's like the bat, the bat, where one? he had like the big stupid hair. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and then so after she's a statue for like five seconds, then she explodes into green pixie dust. So yeah, that's basically it. I mean, other than this, um, you know, they, during the fight, uh, Winifred had thrown. Uh, Binks the cat to the ground and he just like hit a rock and laid there. Yeah. And I guess because the timing was right, uh, he didn't like 
come back to life as a cat because the spell was broken once they died. So he died for real and just became a spirit and found mm-hmm. his sister. And together they walk off into the pearly gates of the graveyard yeah, into, the, into the light. Weirdly reminiscent of like the last scene from Jacob's Ladder where was, like they take each other's hand and yeah. go up the staircase. It's weird. I mean, the sister's like saying, like, Thackeray Banks, I found you. It's been mm-hmm. 300 years. I've been a ghost. I want to know her ghost story. What's she been doing in the graveyard yeah. for 300 years? Just hanging out? Like, that's kind of boring. Being so... a ghost must suck. <laughs> Being a ghost would be terrible. It depends. If you're stuck, like, where around where you were buried, yeah. But if you're allowed to, like, go anywhere. Oh, if you have free reign of, like, the world? Yeah, it would oh, be yeah. fucking awesome. Sure. Absolutely. I guess, but isn't like the traditional thing that like ghosts are tied to locations? Isn't that typically what they say? Yeah, typically, but some you know some stories are different. I mean, if you could go between universes and shit, that would be awesome. But if I'm like stuck, if like if I fucking die of a heart attack at Denny's, I don't want to be stuck <laughs> in, in my the ghost. Booth. The ghost of Denny's on Black Lake. Yeah, Road. exactly. I don't want to be stuck in my booth. Like oh, this is for my my final grand slam. I've been dead for. 30 years, I'm going to tip over this mug of coffee again. Exactly. Oh, isn't that scary? (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, this movie is a kid's movie from the 90s. We've covered others before. Um, I think I like this one more than most of, or or maybe even all of the other ones we've covered. I would agree. Um, It's enjoyable. You know, I think definitely saving the movie is the dance song scene. Yeah, if if that wasn't there, it would be a lot harder to... uh... To recommend the movie. But, so like, I mean, as far as recommendations, I don't think this has to go on very, very long, but to anyone who has not seen this movie, Mm -hmm. don't watch this movie. Really? Yeah. Why? Because there's, I think there's almost no, there's no reason to. Like, you can, if you want to watch a a funny scene of um, witches singing a a song, you can watch the clip of, I put a spell on you on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Or maybe find some, some idiot has made a, a, a... a video of like all the witch scenes, but like most of this movie, you can probably skip. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I. I so th- you're going on record as saying this doesn't stand the test of time. I'm saying if you've seen this movie, if you watched this movie as a kid, definitely watch it again as an adult. Don't take it so seriously as we mm-hmm. have watching this analytically. But like, if you're having a Halloween party, throw this movie on. Everyone <clears throat> between, maybe not everyone, but most people between the ages of like, I don't know, 25 and 35 will enjoy having sure. this movie on as the background. Like, mm-hmm. this is one of like five or six movies you can have on rotation. It's like this nightmare before Christmas, a few other things you can throw on. Yeah. At a Halloween party. Sure. Um, but yeah, I will say that if you've never seen this before, there's no reason to watch this. It's, See, it I'm actually, the, I'm the going the opposite. I'm saying if you've seen this movie, let it be. Don't go back and revisit it. Just enjoy the warm fuzzies of it. <laughs> um, I am going to say though, you say there's no reason to watch it. I think there's lots of reasons to watch this movie. It, I'm going to, it's not good. Don't watch this movie expect, sitting down expecting to be like, oh, that film uh, was a transformative experience for me. Uh, I'm a better person for having seen it. It's not that kind of movie. But if you've never seen it, sit down and watch it because you will see a movie that, despite its flaws, was Disney having the balls to try something. Having the balls to go beyond the little mouse and just like being the absolutely perfectly family-friendly kind of entertainment station. This is Disney being like, yeah, we're going to have Satan fucking Bette Midler. We're going to have <laughs> Bette Midler getting hanged. We're going to have just corsets and popped up boobs everywhere. We're going to have weird sexual implications everywhere. <laughs> and it's just sexual implications and violence. And frame it in a Disney story where you know the good guys are going to win at the end. And it's just, uh, you know, 
I, I kind of like it. Like, I don't want to like it. I love that. I don't want to like this movie. Um, but I like that. I like that this is the one example I can think of from that time period of Disney being like, okay, we can go a little bit darker. We can show a little violence. We can have a little, you know, little, actually push the PG rating that we got for this movie. Um, and I think that it's worth something just for that. The movie itself isn't good. It's got decent moments. It's got, you know, um, you know, I'm sure you can find a reason to watch it. But uh, no, it's definitely worth seeing if you never have because it's a historical. Like, when's the last time Disney did anything dark? Probably uh, fucking I mean, Hocus Pocus. Well, let's be honest. I mean, as far as like non like other their other like uh, their other intellectual properties like sure. skipping Marvel, skipping Star Wars. Yeah, which yeah, exactly. Skipping um, those. Skipping those, those I honestly don't know because it's probably Hocus Pocus. It could be Hocus Pocus. Well, Lion King was like ninety four, and Scar does get ripped apart by hyenas at the end, but they only show the shadow of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, I haven't seen enough Disney movies to really see any of the dark stuff. Yeah. Like, all right, I, okay, actually, um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame is a pretty dark movie. I That's never saw ver- it. It's not good, but there's a, the bad guy is very rapey, like incredibly. Oh. He has a song all about how he wants to rape the Esmeralda. Yeah, Esmeralda. Um, and it's very creepy. Yikes. Yeah. So it's not, that's actually probably Disney's darkest film. (laughs) But Hocus Pocus is actually, uh, worth seeing as well. Uh, Bette Midler totally makes the whole thing. Without her, the movie falls apart. I I actually feel like without any of the witches being the witches that they were, or the actors that they were. They all I feel like you need Sarah to be, Sarah Jessica Parker plays a very good dumb blonde. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, she did it well. Uh, Kathleen and Jimmy, I couldn't imagine any. I mean, they, the only name that no. we got was Rosie O'Donnell. Would no. not have worked. Um, she, she, it just, yeah, they all, they all played yeah, their roles exactly. well. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, Bette Miller drives the whole movie, and so like it's even a, it's a shame actually that the witches don't win at the end because I wanted them to because the the regular people characters sucked so hard compared <laughs> to how entertaining the witches were that I was like, well, this kind of sucks. So there has been talk over the last couple of years about a sequel to this movie. Okay. Twenty five years later, sure. All three witches have gone on record saying they would totally we do would it. love to do it again, but Disney doesn't seem to be on board with it. Probably because the tone of this movie is so far from whatever they're doing now. Probably, yeah. I mean, I don't. And, and also, how would you reconcile them blowing up at the end of the last movie? Well, I mean, you could always do. I mean, you could make it a period crap. piece and do like a fucking uh, a 1600s Hocus Pocus, like a prequel movie. Yeah, and that would have to be dark. <laughs> yeah, and they would also be, it would work perfectly because they they were older until they got the life of Emily, so they would look older. It's a good point. See? I should be writing for Disney. You should, dude. You need that, you need that money. Yeah. You need to start I need, writing I need for that. Di- I need that Disney money. You need that dark Disney money. Yeah, I don't think they'd go for it, though. Probably not. Um... So, anything else you want to add about this movie? No, I mean, I, I say, I say, fuck it, watch it. What's the worst that could happen? Um, it's not a complete waste of your time. You'll probably laugh once or twice, and if you don't, then you know, you get to ogle at a uh, young Sarah Jessica Parker before Sex in the City. All right, and like I said, if you, I, st- I mean, I, I completely appreciate and agree with what you said, but I still stand by mine that. Eh, if you don't watch it and you've never seen it before, don't worry about it. But it's yeah, worth it's not, it's not gonna okay. When I say that it stands the test of time, I mean that it's still entertaining. 
Um, I don't mean that it is a movie that you should purposely go out of your way. Like you should not spend money to see this. No. If it's on Netflix, if it's on Amazon, if it's on a streaming service, or you're at somebody's Halloween party, as you pointed out, Lou, watch it. It's entertaining. You'll get a couple laughs out of out of it. It's not a good movie. It's a good kids movie from 1993. You know what's funny? I thought I owned this. I thought I found this in like a five dollar bin mm-hmm. eventually, or uh, I'm sorry, at some point, at some point in the past. And I was wrong, and I went to watch this like a couple hours ago before you came over, and um, I had to buy it off iTunes for ten bucks because. <laughs> and what I'm you not, get. I'm not mad that I bought it, but I'm no. just like, I literally was just like, wait, where the fuck is it? I should the H's are here. Yeah. Wait, why? Do I not own this? And I was just like, I guess I don't own this. I thought I did. I thought you did too. It should be right next to Hot Shots Part Two. <laughs> So, um, anyway, as we said last time, Tim, you chose a couple movies that we were thinking yeah. about doing for Halloween. So why don't you tell everybody about uh, your third pick? I for think our third choice is going to end up being uh, another more serious, scary movie um, for Halloween special times. Uh, probably the scariest movie, I think, released in the 90s, period. And I'm really excited about this because we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I've never seen this movie before. So I'm, I know what it's about vaguely, mm-hmm. but I'm going to this with completely fresh eyes. So I'm pretty excited about it. So it's a little uh, science fiction movie from 1997 starring Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill uh, called Event Horizon in which space exploration leads to horrible, horrible, horrible things that you can never unsee. And I can't wait to talk about it. So yeah, I mean, if you guys have never seen it, definitely check it out. I think it's on Netflix. I think it, it is was, currently, yeah. at least a couple weeks ago, so sure. I think it's still there. Um, it, I'm excited to see it. It's so good, I think. <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> Wait, since I've seen it. It has been a while? It has been years. a while since I've seen it. Yeah, it's been like 10 years probably, okay, actually, okay. since I've seen it. Cool. I saw it in like 1997 and 2007, and then probably not since. Cool. All right. So, so it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be refreshing. All right, well, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Dial Up Movies. Um, if you have any comments, you can add them to our Facebook page. It doesn't get a lot of likes yep. or, or a lot of comments or a lot of activity at all. So head on over there. There's also Twitter. We don't. We're sad and desperate. We're is what we're saying. <laughs> you know, I just there are some people that post things every couple months, and that's about it. So if you wanted to, you know, throw in a suggestion for a movie you want to hear, uh, definitely throw that out there. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find everything else from Neozaz uh, on iTunes and on Facebook. And yeah. All right. See you next think, time. Yeah. Kwansu. Kwansu, dudes. I think it means free beer or something. Dial Up Movies is part of the Neozaz Podcast Network. Head over to neozaz.com for other great podcasts such as Star Wars and Character, The Grady's, The Great 80s Movie Debate, and Pass the Popcorn. You can find Dial Up Movies in every podcast from Neozaz on iTunes, where you can rate, review, and subscribe. Also, please check out our Facebook and Twitter pages. You can find us on both sites as Dial Up Movies.